Live from the Oxygen Community Studios, we're Burns and Gambo here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Cards and the Jags coming up Sunday morning. So the Cardinals look to improve to 3-0 and on the season before they start really the rough, the first rough patch of their schedule in which they'll play in back-to-back-to-back weeks. The Rams, the 49ers, and the Cleveland Browns. So this one, without being a must-win, it's kind of a must-win for the Arizona Cardinals to keep pace with what's going on around them in the NFC West. To do that, their defense will have to, well, depending on your perspective, either be better than what it was a week ago or as good as it was a week ago. It just depends on which half of the football game you're talking about. Be better than you were in the first half against the Vikings. Be as good as you were in the second half of the Vikings. And Gamble, I continue to be amazed by the number of people. And there was a story you sent me today about talking about how the the Cardinals run defense getting gashed this season. Well, again, I'm going to keep saying this. They've played eight quarters of football. Six of them have been really good defensive quarters of football. I don't know if I quite understand all the hate for the Cardinals' defense Well, right Pro now. Football Focus said the team's run defense is bad by every metric and on every level. Arizona surrendered 5.64 yards on average before making a tackle in Week 2. And that's assuming that a tackle is made at all. The Cardinals' 10 missed tackles against the Vikings, a mark that was outpaced by only the Houston Texans. Said to finish the game with a 27.2 run defense grade in spite of tallying six tackles for loss or no gain speaks of how poorly the unit performed. And the film shows that each of those tackles came on a run blitz of some kind. The only way the defense can find any success is by selling out to get it. So they ripped to shreds the Cardinals' run defense in that game against the Vikings. Yeah, And now listen, I mean, you know... We could say oh, everything we want about how they got off the field on third down, which they did, and how they held them to three points in the second half, which they did. But this is legitimate. I mean, this is legitimate. I mean, they, they had problems stopping the run throughout most of that game. It uh, is true. In the first half, in the second half, they Cook did. got hurt. Cook, well, it, uh, stuff happens, you know? Stuff happens. Cook got hurt, and it, it, yeah, it, goodness, it, got it hurt. made a difference. I mean, I, and how that much that changed the game, I don't know. Vance Joseph, he met with the media today was talking about what happened in the first half last week against the Vikings and how to fix it. I think both. You know, the first half was 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 bad. You know, it wasn't good, but guys didn't panic. We got to halftime and made some adjustments and kind of just got refocused, basically, and it worked. You know, the second half, it was, it was obviously half the yards, half the point. I think three points and 35 rushing yards, so it was obviously a difference in the second half. The first half wasn't good enough. They played faster and played better in the first half, and we have to start better. 292 yards in the first half, 127 in the second half. Uh, 150 passing yards in the first half, 92 in the second. Rushing, 142 in the first half, 35 in the second half. It was a different deal. And yes. Vance Joseph was asked today about are you worried about getting off to another slow start? No, no, no. Our guys are focused this week. Again, last week, man, I mean, that game came down to a miss field goal. You know, I mean, it's, it's no secret there. So um, our guys should be focused. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard league. You know, every team that you play can beat you. You know, so we don't believe in games that we should win. You know, it, it costs to win in this league. You work four days, you know, as a, as a player and coach to win a game. You know, in every game you play is hard. It's going to be hard to win on Sunday. You know, they have a great young quarterback. They have great uh, young receivers. It's a team that plays hard. You know, so it won't be easy on Sunday. It's the NFL, guys. And every week, if you're not playing your best ball, 
you, you can lose. And keep in mind, I'm not disputing what you're saying at all about Dalvin Cook and that injury. Obviously, that yeah, he had, didn't practice again today, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that he had a big practice again today with an impact in, in what happened in the game. I, I'm just saying, let's not discount what happened in Week One against the Tennessee Titans. Too. Shut down Derrick Henry because yeah, sure. because I that that team ran wild over the Seattle Seahawks in the second half of the game. So mm-hmm. I, the Cardinals' defense to me is still very much a wait and see to be determined kind of proposition. Well, what do we right want? Now. What do we want out of the Cardinals defense? What what do you want out of them? I mean, do you want them, do you want consistency? Do you want if you could have one thing, what do, you, do you want just a, an elite pass rush? Do you want great coverage? Do you I mean, do you want a bend but break defense? I mean, is anybody expecting a top 5 defense in the league? Like what what do you want from the Cardinals? Their offense is going to be dynamic. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to be one of the best offenses in the league. But what do what do you peop, what do you want from the defense? Top 15 defense. I want a defense that's in the upper half of the NFL. I think if you I think if the Cardinals can consistently produce that on a week in week out basis. Yeah. I think their offense will lead them to a 10 or an 11 win season if their defense can consistently be in the top that's all I'm asking. Top half I of the NFL. I just think it's unrealistic to expect this defense to just do what they did to the Titans to everybody else. It's just not going to happen. Oh, I agree. I mean, they shut down Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones in week one. I mean, that's unbelievable that they did. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. But to think that they're going to do that every single week is completely unrealistic. I'm it's not, not going to happen. But I'm not thinking that. That's, I'm, not, I'm, that's not what I'm asking I for. know you're not. I'm just wondering, uh, what, what, what do people want from the Cardinals defense? Because what, what you got in week one is great, and you may get that at times. But that's not going to be a consistent thing. It's just... It's too hard in the NFL for for teams to be that. No team, I don't know any teams in a league that could do that. Uh, he was asked, E. Bean Vance Joseph was asked today about Trevor Lawrence and raved, as you would expect. Lawrence is talented. I mean, he can make every throw, obviously, be a number one pick. When you watch this guy play, uh, the deep ball is his best ball he throws. You know, and it's 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 been on point. He's accurate with it, and they've hit it every single week. The first drive against the Broncos, which is a very, very good defense, they went 84 yards for a touchdown. So it won't be an easy out on Sunday. Um, he has great receivers. He's He's got, I think, two first-round receivers, and they're all tall and long. They can run. So the challenge will be, again, stopping the run game, making them one-dimensional, and winning third downs. Yeah, we were just talking with Mike DiRocco uh, a bit ago. He's the beat writer who covers the Jags for ESPN.com. And he's pointed out that in both of the games, the Jags fell behind. I mean, they fell behind by a lot in game one, not as much in game two, but they were really quick to give up on the run in the second game in particular. 75% passing? It was about 73, I think, so far on the season, which is not the kind of balance. You're not going to get a 50-50 balance. That doesn't really exist in today's NFL. But but 73 to 27, that's not the balance you want for a rookie quarterback making his third ever start. If the cards can take away the the James Robinson element of this, the run game element of, the, of this, they will make Trevor Lawrence a very one-dimensional quarterback and that's worked very well so far through for through two games. Yeah, I think you I think the simple goal is to stop the run, sell out to stop the run and see if this kid can beat you through the air. See if he can beat you. Yep. Make him throw. like a, a lot of the word was his passes were sailing high. Well, that leads to some picks. If he's sailing those passes high. Sure he throws a good deep ball, okay? But you that's what you want. Your number one priority for and stop the run, stop the run, make him one. Deb- you would love. Hey, if I tell you Trevor Lawrence threw the ball seventy five percent of the time against the Cardinals on Sunday, you'll take that right now. Yes, it means that the Cardinals were probably playing from ahead and that they had to abandon the running game and throw the football. That's exactly how I would feel about it yeah. when we come back. Uh, it is his worst start 
in several years as a head coach, a lot of people are asking the question, is Urban Meyer truly up to the task of being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's coming up with the Burns and Gambo Show. That might be my favorite promo. It's a good one. Yeah. It's really good. True one. story, too. Really happened. I believe it. I believe it. Show me wash the the only thing the, the only thing part about it I don't believe is that you actually folded the towels. Oh, I did. <laughs> that's that's the one I part did. about that story. I'm not quite sure if I buy or not. I'm watching her cry. She comes out. She goes, "Show me fold the towels." Version to doing stuff like I that. I folded the towels. The last time Urban Meyer, as a head football coach, lost more than two football games as a head football coach, you have to go back to his last season at Florida. They went eight and five. Now you remember. He took the next year off. Yes. He retired from the business for a year before the Ohio State job came up. You have to go back more than a decade to find the last time Urban Meyer lost more than two football games in a single season. He's already lost two with Jacksonville. We had a really good conversation with Mike DiRocco, uh, who covers the Jags for ESPN.com, and he pointed out, look, for Urban, it's just a two-game losing streak. The fans here don't look at it this way. The fans are looking at a 17-game losing streak. And while that's not Urban's fault, it's it's the, the fans... For Jed Fish, it's only a three-game losing right, streak. Right, exactly. It's only a three-game losing streak for Jed Fish but, right now. But, He's only lost three in a row. But fans don't, fans don't feel that way about Urban Meyer. Fans don't feel that way about Jed Fish. Fans are looking at the bigger picture and going, man, we haven't won a football game since when? We haven't won one in Jacksonville since, what, week one of 2020? Mm. So Urban Meyer, look... I. I don't think he's on under any pressure to like win or you're going to lose your job. He's Urban Meyer. I'm sure he's got a little bit of wiggle room here on this one. But there have been some things that have come up over the last couple of weeks that have people questioning whether Urban Meyer is over his skis a little bit in his first ever NFL head coaching job. I, I saw this story. I think it was in like the New York Post. Urban Meyer already sounds miserable with Alabama comparison. Is Urban Meyer in over his head? And it was that comment that, that Can said I play it fan, here? Fangio, play the comment if you got it, better uh, than me uh, reading it. Here's Vic Fangio, the head coach of Denver, after his team beat Jacksonville. I don't know uh, Urban Meyer at all, really. I met him the other day, you know, shook his hand before the game and after the game. And, and his comment to me was every week it's like playing Alabama in the NFL. You know, and that's, that's it. The, everybody's capable of beating everybody in this league. Now, I don't think Vic Fangio is trying to show up Urban Meyer, although that's kind of what he did by default to a certain extent, right, by sharing that story. But he was trying to make a point about how beatable everybody is in this league. Still, it's not a great... It makes Urban Meyer look like this wide-eyed, nervous sort of, oh my God, everybody out here is really, really good. It's like playing Alabama every week. That's not a good look for Urban Meyer. Probably not, right? I mean, you know, when, when, when you're in the SEC, you get that Kentucky game and that Vanderbilt game, and you, sure. you, you know, you, you get those, those those breaks, you know, or maybe you're in the Big Ten and you get a you get Rutgers or you get a, you know, you just get you get a you get a, a patsy here and there. And I think his point was, I don't, we, the Texans are supposed to be the easy game, and that wasn't easy, sure. Well, no, and I, yeah, I know what his point was. I just think it makes Urban Meyer almost look like he was not quite prepared for the level of difficulty How that the NFL not have been. How could did you? Did, I mean, is there any chance that his ego was so big he thought he was going to come in here, here and run uh, roughshod or ransack or whatever it is? Roughshod, rough you had a roughshod rough over the over the NFL, and 
make go, go win 10 games and go to the playoffs in his first year? Are you asking me if there's a chance that Urban Meyer has a big enough ego to think he could have accomplished wow. that? I'm going to answer yes. I think it's possible. Okay. Rude that awakening he, in the NFL for Urban a, Meyer. Yeah. I mean, he may not win a game this year. He might not. Might not win a game. He might not. And, and look, I, I've got nothing against Urban Meyer. Nothing at all, really. Uh, and if anything, I want him to stay the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars because I'm, I'm worried if he leaves, he's going to take the SC gig and he's going to make life miserable for ASU for the next 10 years if he's there. Well, so the I, second I, SC hires somebody, then you'll be happy if he leaves the NFL. Right? As that, long that's as right. SC as long as it's not SC. I don't want SC to hire Urban Meyer. Is that your biggest fear, that Urban Meyer's the guy that goes there? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think he's going to because I, I don't think he's only going to last. The only way he goes to USC, the only way, is if he pulls a Nick Saban and is at Jacksonville for one year. Because that's exactly what Saban did. He went to the Miami Dolphins. Can they can they wait until January to hire a coach? If it's Urban Meyer, I think you could wait for him. I think he's the only guy you would wait for, given his success. He's got what? You've got to have indication that he's definitely going to come. Of course, of course. You, and, and you can't lose out on that recruiting period. And you, you wouldn't get that. I mean, I think you'd be willing to take a step back one year in recruiting for the five that you'd get of Urban Meyer if you knew okay. he was coming. That's, that's, that's the, very fair. That's the only thing. It's like you're gonna, are you going to lose in the short term? Yes. Are you going to gain in the long term if Urban Meyer's your coach? And again, we're talking about a hypothetical. I don't know if he's going to USC or not. I just know if I were an ASU fan. I wouldn't want him to. How about this cut from Urban Meyer earlier in the week about, and if we're going with this, hey, is Urban Meyer over his skis a little bit theme, listen to him talking about not being able to prepare for Kyler Murray the way he's used to. Yeah, that's a problem. I've done it before. You know, when we played Marcus Mariota when I was at Ohio State, you put a jackrabbit back there and run around and all that. You just, you know, we're playing again in four days after this one. So I'm just thinking big picture where all are. Uh, we got two humid days, so how many reps can you actually get of that? So uh, we're going to do it, but it, it wouldn't be the way that I'm used to doing it. Do you know who you're going to put back there? To uh, we're just going to ask our quarterback because we we can't do that. We just can't blow our guys out like that right now. Does that make sense? Do you hear what he's saying there? He, he's... Yeah, they've got they got another game in four days. Yep, they got humid weather, humid weather right now, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to blow guys out. So they're not going to prepare for Kyler Murray like they normally would if they would have those extra days in between the games, but they got to play in four more days. I can't do it the way I'm used to doing it. You know, I, I normally, yeah, I'd put a, what do you call it, a jackrabbit? Jack i put a jackrabbit back there and let him run all around, but I, I've got to think bigger picture here. I've got a game. I'm on Thursday Night Football after I play the Cardinals. i got to save my guys a little bit. I can't run them to death during a humid week in Jacksonville getting ready for Kyler then have to turn around and play for four days. It's an interesting comment, the Jackrabbit thing. It made me think of when Mike Tyson used to chase chickens. <laughs> well, it he did. He learned he, that from Rocky Balboa in, yeah, yeah, in, you, in you 1970. Sure, yeah. Mick made Rocky. You put the chicken on the ground, you chase, chase it. I mean, chickens, is, is that really. how people think it is, trying to chase Kyler Murray? <laughs> Grab the chicken! Grab it! <laughs> um, look, Urban Meyer, this is why I asked... When we had Mike on the show earlier from Jacksonville, that's why I asked him the question. Urban Meyer famously gets really grumpy about losing. Like, he's he's he's, he's never lost. He's got 32 losses in an entire coaching career. 32! That's it, right? Mm-hmm. He's already got two, and he's, he's steering the ship of an organization. Nick Saban lost 17 games in Miami in two years. Was he there two? He was there two years. Okay. Nick Saban was there for two he, years. I thought he was there once. Bobby, I Bobby, Bobby Petrino, 
was I think he was one year right with the Falcons, but Saban was two years in okay, Miami. I misspoke. I thought Saban was just there two years. One he year. lost seventeen football games in two years. There's been plenty of co- Chip Kelly. How long was Chip Kelly in the NFL? Three, okay. two and a half, three. Okay. I think two different spots. It didn't really work out. Bobby Petrino didn't work out. Butch Davis didn't work out. There's a lot of college coaches that you know went to the NFL and realized this is not what um, what I think it is. Right. And they, Steve Spurrier, Lou, Lou Holtz went to the Jets. Lou, I mean, we, and it was a disaster. But with then the there Jets. are other coaches who went and adapted just fine. The Jimmy Johnson rule, everybody looks at him. And, and then, of course, we've got our own here in Cliff Kingsbury. And, and and so far, that's gone okay. It hasn't been a failure. It hasn't been a spectacular success. It's been kind of somewhere in between with Cliff as he's made the adjustment from colleges to the pros. I just, because Cliff never had the massive success that Urban Meyer did, I wonder if the transition into the struggle is going to be harder for Urban Meyer. It's a great Because point. he is just not used to sucking like this. Cliff, Cliff kind of knows what it's like to <laughs> Cliff lose. Cliff kind of knows what it's like to lose, to be patient hey. with it, to understand where Urban... It's like speaking a foreign language, man. He doesn't understand. This is all so new to him at this level. Remember how good Steve Spurrier was with Florida? Yeah, went twelve and twenty in the NFL. Yeah, he was terrible. Twelve and twenty. It was an awful match. Yeah. Awful match. But Plus then twenty games in two years. I'm out of here. Pete Carroll comes in from USC and kicking butt, taking name for ten years in Seattle. I mean, it's it's different for all. But of them. he was a head coach in the NFL before USC. Yes, a while ago. But with the yeah. Jets and the I think the Patriots, he, like, had he was a head experience. coach. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think Urban Meyer will probably work out okay when it's all said and done if he can survive what's going to be a very rough first year for that team. I just I, I, how that's going to play on his yeah. his when, his own personal history with this. I don't know. What I guess say the, the he, four games if they can win four games that'd be uh, yes. That's yeah. what he said. Okay, win four, and then next year win seven. Like you can't have the, the, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? It's all going to happen overnight. Win, I know. Win three or four games this year, and then try to win six or seven next year, and then just build. It takes time. I know, but that's just my point. Is that for a guy like Urban he Meyer, might not, he, yeah. yeah, he's just not used to it taking time. He's Fair. just used to being great right away. When we come back, AJ Green has now had two weeks in this Cardinals offense. How does he feel about this one compared to his old one? You'll hear from the Cardinals wide receiver coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Among all the Arizona Cardinals who have caught a pass so far through two games, none of them have fewer catches and none of them have fewer yards than A.J. Green so far. Through two games. It's early, but he has five catches among those who have who have had at least one reception so far this year He's for the Cardinals. He's got a touchdown. Last he year, does he, have a touchdown. He got his first, t- first touchdown last year in, like, what, week nine? But he's everybody on the team who's got a catch has more catches than him. Everybody yeah. on the team who has a catch has more yards receiving than him. And I'm including the running backs in that, at, at least Chase Edmonds, because he has at least a catch so far this year. And yet, when he meets with the media, A.J. Green, and I'm not saying he's had a bad season, I'm just kind of using that to point out it's been a somewhat quiet start for A.J. Green so far, despite the one touchdown sure. catch he's had. And he had, he had a great camp. He did. He had a great camp. But he says he's having fun. It's fun, man. I'm having fun out there, man. I'm, I know a bunch of my family members called me like, A.J., you look like you're having fun out there. Like, it don't matter what's going on. And we have a lot of weapons, man. And just, you know, having to, to be able to, you know, put up numbers like that, like we're doing these last two weeks. Um it's, it's fun, especially when you're on the offense side of the ball. So we just got to keep pushing, man. We got a special group, um, but, you know, it's on to the next one. But there's certainly, in my mind anyway, and I don't know if you agree with this, 
no doubt that among, if we're having a conversation about Cardinals wide receivers, man, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins, at least through two games, they're getting all the attention so far, all of the conversation. Yeah. How they use, it, it, it's just so many weapons, like how do you use them all? What I like about that, there's still 15 games left, right? I think A.J. Green's going to help this team quite a bit. But what I like about it is he doesn't seem upset, doesn't seem like, you know, for, for, for a guy that was a number one wide receiver for mm-hmm. a long time and got paid a lot of money to come here and now be, you know, after two games, not be targeted as much. I think he was targeted a pretty good amount last week, though. So I don't want to say targeted. He oh, he's tied for second in the team in targets. Yeah. And he's drawn some pass interference penalties. So, but I like the fact that he's not, you know, you're not seeing any signs of him being upset that he doesn't, you know, have 10 catches right now and three touchdowns or anything like that. I mean, he's talked about, you know, he's happy. He, he wants to win. And I'm sure that he's going to contribute quite a bit. I, I, I really do believe that there's going to be Mondays that we come in and we're raving about A.J. Green because he had five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. I, here's A.J. today talking about how, you know, spreading the ball around the wide receiver room, it's a big room with a lot of talent. It's big. Um, A.J. spread the ball around. I don't know, we know some games, you know, Hop's going to get a lot of targets because he might be one-on-one. You know what I mean? And some, some weeks going to be C. Kirk, some weeks going to be me um, or Rondell. We just, like I said, we got to continue to work. Uh, one thing, but like I said, but our room coach, Jefferson, man, we always preach is together. And I feel like that receiver room, man, we together. Like we don't about balls, not getting balls. We don't, we don't do none of that, you know. Um, you know, some routes like hop, like some AJ, you can take that. You know, I know you're good at that. So it's, it's things like that, man. You appreciate somebody his caliber, especially hop can kind of be like, okay, AJ, you can, you can take this route. You know, I, I know you run this route a lot. So it's interchangeable in this having C Kirk out there, the communication with C Kirk, he can play every position. Um, so like I said, man, we got a special group. I'd say, I, I think the benefit of AJ green and, and uh, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw dirt on the guy by pointing out his stats. I'm just kind of pointing out that the other wide receivers so far are off to a much more prolific start with the stats. I think the best part about AJ is that by knowing that he's an outside receiver, the freedom that it gives you to move Christian Kirk inside to the slot where he belongs, Rondell Moore inside to the slot where he belongs, right? I mean, Christian Kirk was so miscast as an outside wide receiver his first couple of years here. I believe that. And, and I and I think AJ being out there, even though the numbers haven't come quite yet, despite you know being second on the but team in targets. You have to respect him if you're the pet. You defense. do. You have to respect have him to out respect there. Them. And he's just he's built like a prototypical outside wide receiver and having him out there has allowed the Cardinals to move Christian Kirk on the inside and that has in part has opened up this offense. We did a poll a while ago, who's going to finish second in receptions for the Cardinals behind DeAndre Hopkins? Is it Kirk? Is it Moore? Is it A.J. Green? We did a poll. I, we would have to take time to find it. But we did a poll. I do remember who I answered, actually. Do you remember who you answered? I, I answered Kirk. I answered Kirk. I don't know who won the poll. I think I answered A.J. Green. I believe you did. I believe you I did. I think I answered A.J. Green. Now, would you change your opinion right now? Would you stick with Kirk? Uh, I would, who? If I asked you today. Who's going to be second in receptions? Who's going to be second in receptions to DeAndre Hopkins, if I asked you right now? <laughs> do, what, what if we rephrase the question, who's going to be second in receptions on the Cardinals without mentioning DeAndre Hopkins? Because you could say it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. 
Hopkins could end up second Ooh, okay. in receptions on this team to Rondale Moore. Sorry, that was an awkwardly way of phrasing that. No, but, but that's, that's fair. But, but fair. I, I not, mean, at this I mean, point, I, that's fair. I mean, who knows? DeAndre Hopkins might be number two in receptions on this team to Rondell Moore. I would change my answer to Rondell Moore. They're throwing at him a lot. I think they're going to keep throwing at him a lot. I think it's a really. I, I think Kyler I Murray. I might change my answer to Christian Kirk. Really. You change your change answer to, to my answer, and I, I might would... change from AJ Green. I think I figured AJ Green would be, and and listen, he still might be. I mean, he still has a balanced offense. They're targeting him a lot. He still might end up with, um, he still might end up with the second most receptions. But I would probably pick somebody else, somebody different right now. Uh, he he was asked if he needs to remind. Kyler, that hey, I'm here, I'm, I'm here, and AJ Green's like, no man, I don't have to remind him of anything. I don't think I have to remind Kyler. He 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 knows, he knows what he has out there, and I feel like he he has a great chemistry with all of us, and you know he knows our strength and what we can do and what we can't do. So, like I said, I just try to make the play whenever my number is called. And he pointed out it it is a little different than what I'm used to playing with a guy like Kyler Murray out there. Yeah, it's a little different for me. That's that's because you know I play with Andy and and. and for nine years to where you know we're no, we know each other so well everything was off time and he's just gonna be he's gonna throw the ball to the spot that's what I'm gonna be um well K1 is a little different you just sometimes you just got to play backyard football because he can create you can think he's getting a sack he's gonna spin out of it crawl out of it and and, and throw the ball down the field so just got to be ready <laughs> yeah right. here's the here's the interesting part you like you know Kirk's on a one-year deal mm-hmm. AJ Green's on a one-year deal so the only guys you got locked up right now are Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. Your priority is to bring back Kirk over A.J. Green, but you like Kirk in the slot. So if A.J. Green leaves, it's not like, oh, I want to put Kirk back outside. You no, like you, him where he is. You'd have to find another you'd outside receiver. You'd have to go receiver. find another outside receiver. Without question. Don't pay the paramin, as we always <laughs> said. But no, you'd have to go find another outside receiver, You know, maybe on the cheap you know, to just be an outside receiver. Even if that guy's going to be your fourth wide receiver, you got to find somebody on the outside because it's working so well with Kirk where he is right now. Yeah, I, I now with the I know we're just two games in. It, it really is. It's a really interesting question. Who would we now pick to be number two in receptions on this team? What would are we just? That's ass- tomorrow's poll question. Are we just assuming Hopkins is number one? It's tomorrow's poll question. Can you make that assumption anymore based <sighs> off of this offense? I I, I don't know. I think he's still going to end up with the most receptions because as we've said many times and we talked about this yesterday you can talk about balance among the wide receivers all you want the big dog's got to eat and DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the day Kyler needs to make sure he gets targeted more that he gets more receptions because he's one of the two or three best wide receivers in the NFL and you've got to put the ball in his hands have to you want balance balance is a nice thought you got to put the ball in DeAndre Hopkins hands yeah, and his games where balance will be great. And his games when you need to get the you need DeAndre Hopkins to help you win it. You know, there's yeah. three games coming up after this week that you're going to need to to feature DeAndre Hopkins prominently in those games. All three of them. Texas, your thoughts about the Cardinals wide receiver? The FanDuel text line it's open six twenty six twenty. You can text us right now. Could U of A accomplish something not done in all of Arizona pro sports history? And it's not good. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's the opposite of moving on up to the deluxe apartment in the sky. Moving on down to the basement in the ground. To the I third floor parking garage. Having to hear the Gambo basement. sing that theme song. That's, oh. yeah, that's I'm a true. good singer. Oh. Basements with no windows. Who, who mm-hmm. tells you you're a good singer? Beyond you. 
Nobody. Who, okay. I just wanted just to me. Just want to make sure. It's well, on the record that, now. That, that the only person who actually believes I hear a lovely sings. voice yeah. when I hear myself sing. Wow. You don't? No. No. Mitch? I'm just laughing back here, but I can't leave it on microphone because it... Uh, Frank Sinatra, no. Dean Martin, no. Frankie Valli. No. Most of the great singers were Italian. Yeah, but you're... I think I they, fall right in they line. They were you're, great singers, and they were Italian. You're, you're you not, are also Italian. You're not. That's where the sentence ends. I'm sorry. Uh, the reason why I ask what's the opposite of the deluxe part within the sky, because... Uh, Arizona football has a man. chance to... Oh, man, I, I, I love this. I hadn't thought of this. And we'll, we'll preview either. ASU's game against Colorado. We're going to talk a little college football here. We'll, we'll preview ASU's game against Colorado in a moment. University of Arizona football team has lost, what, 15 straight games? Yes, right? they have. And then, so look at their schedule. Uh, this Oregon this week, week. They've got third-ranked Oregon. Yeah. And that's up in Eugene. Then after a week off, they host 24th-ranked UCLA. Now, I have no idea if UCLA is going to be ranked 24th in the country two weeks from now. 15 losses in a row, and they got Oregon at 16. Okay. And then UCLA after yeah. that, okay, potentially 17. 17. Okay. Um, the longest losing streak in major Arizona sports history. Oh, this is great. Uh, the Diamondbacks have lost 17 straight games. That's the most? 17 straight? Phoenix Suns, 17 straight games. Ooh. Okay, I remember uh, that. ASU men's basketball, 15 straight games back in 06-07. Uh, Herb Sendek, by the way. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, 11 straight games. Arizona men's basketball, 14 straight games, which was the year before they hired Lute Olson. There's a chance. Cardinals? You didn't mention the Cardinals. Over the Cardinals. 11. Oh, I'm 11. I'm sorry, I skipped over yes, the Cardinals. They once lost 29 straight games as the Chicago Cardinals, which is an NFL record. But in Arizona, they lost 11 straight from the end of 91 through the beginning of 92. That team was coached by Joe Bugle. And then the Mercury, uh, once upon a time, lost 10 straight games about 10 years ago. And by the way, can, uh, good luck to the Mercury tonight in their single elimination game against the New York Liberty uh, on the campus of GCU tonight, the WNBA playoffs. Yeah, let's go up. Mercury. Good luck to the Mercury tonight as they open up their playoff run with a single elimination content. Uh, the The bigger point here is... With two more losses, Arizona football will match the longest losing streak that we've ever seen a team in our state boundaries put together. Which is tied. The Diamondbacks and the Suns are tied with the longest losing streaks. Yep. Now, and they both happened recently. Think about how miserable life has been recently, right? The Suns did it in 2019. The Diamondbacks did it this year. And then the U of A is going to do it this year. So two of your major professional sports teams... And then, you know, one of your major colleges are going to have losing streaks of 17 games. I mean, think about how hard it is to lose 17 games in a row in anything. It's, how do you lose 17 games in a row it, in the NBA and this or is, in baseball? Which is the hardest to lose 17 games in a row? It's got to be baseball. Right? It's got to be baseball. Are we including college football in here, too? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say college football. And you know why? You think it's easier or harder? Harder. Harder to lose 17 harder games in a row in college football. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm uh, three simple letters to explain why. N-A-U. $500,000. That's why, to me, that's the hard... Because at least... They, you set up a win every year. You're, you're paying for a win. You pay you're, for a win every year. You're paying a half million dollars to beat that team. And the team that you're paying that money to knows in all likelihood we're earning a half million dollars to lose. So in a, in a system that's gamed for you to basically buy yourself a win, the fact that you've lost 17 straight games is mind-numbing. We're at least... 
in the NBA, I can say that's a professional basketball team. That's a professional baseball team. And hey, what can I say? Stuff happens. In college football, it should never happen at that it's level. Fair. I would lean baseball. God, like you, like you're not going to, like, you can't walk into a, running yourself into a win. Should be able to. Like that, that's a good poll question, too. Which sport is it harder to lose 17 games in a row? Baseball? Basketball, college football, or pick another sport. Now, look, had there been a full season last year? Oh, and year? by the way, the Coyotes will lose 17 games in a row this year. <laughs> so they're going to have calling gonna your shot right now. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, to be, I'll just point this out for Arizona. Remember, they only played five games last year. And not that that has anything to do with anything, but because of the shortened schedule, it, had everything been normal in 2020? I don't think they'd have a 17-game losing streak because they probably would have beat the team that they had paid for to beat. You know, they would have, whatever FCS team they had on the docket last year before the pandemic blew everything up, they probably would have beat that team. They probably wouldn't have a set. I'm just saying that that these unusual set of circumstances and the fact that they lost at home to NAU have conspired to to put U of A in this really unusual spot. Look, Seventeen yeah, and NAU look enough for nothing. I know it's just your college. They stink. Of course they do. They, like, they, they stink. They, they were, were terrible in two, it. and they got blown out in both like, of their like games. South Dakota State yeah, or something uh, like that. Like they're, they're, they're no good. To, you don't need to worry about apologizing to me. Here's okay. So it's Oregon this week. It's twenty fourth ranked UCLA after a bye. Okay, I'm going to say loss, loss. Then they're at Colorado, and that becomes that's the game. Either that or at Washington State. Those are the two games where if you're U of A, you're you, now. Logic says, man, if you can't even beat NAU at home, how are you going to beat Colorado and Washington State on the road? Colorado stinks. But but Colorado stinks, and Washington State's not that much better anyway. So uh, there's those are the two games you're circling, but by then you're at 17 straight. If it's Colorado, now it becomes 18 straight, and congratulations, you've got the longest losing streak in the history of sports. You know, in Arizona. At least in Arizona, among the pros and the major colleges, you've got the longest losing streak. It's... uh. It's a hard time to be a U of A Wildcat right now. I saw a couple of friends of mine last night who are U of A alum, and uh, they were hanging out with me and my wife. We're NAU alum, and they're like, you know, we're actually kind of happy for you guys. It was, it was really, yeah. It was, it was. We were so. It's going to be we're such gonna a lose to somebody. It's going to be such a bad year for us. I mean, you know what? Enjoy your moment in the sun because it's going to be so awful for us all year long. They were home. They were almost it's, happy for us that NAU got still a still celebrating in Flagstaff. Uh, I, I, you know what? It's always a celebration in Flagstaff. Did you, get, did you get a letter this week for some money? Hey, by the way, did you notice we just beat U of A? As a matter of fact, I did. Did you really? I got an email. <laughs> I got it. It wasn't explicitly hey, uh, asked. Asking me for a donation, but it was was kind of implied. See the big win this week? We took down Arizona for the first time since 19, what was it, 1932? And that's almost exactly Uh, how the email read. I cannot wait to see the billboard that your guys put up on that highway down to Tucson. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. 21-19. This is. Hashtag Go Jacks. Lumberjoe country. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I got an email. I got, I, I got an email. I can't believe you didn't bring that up. <laughs> I just forgot. You just reminded me just now. I forgot oh, all about it. Jordan's not here today. I'd like to ask him. Did he probably got an email probably too? Got one too. They probably after they won that game, they probably had that letter written. We got to send us out to all the alumni. Hit send. Hit send. Hit send. Yeah, I'll have to go through my uh, email file and see if I can That's find so it. So funny. Might have been a forgettable season, but the Arizona Diamondbacks are making one thing clear: Tori Lavello gets one more chance. That's next just on the Burns and Gambo Show. Chance.